0: Is it okay for me to have a relationship with my ex-in-laws, even if my ex hates it?
1: What's up, you guys? Welcome to the Therapy Brothers podcast. I'm Brandon.
0: I'm Tyler. We're brothers. We're therapists. We're not afraid of your questions. So bring it.
1: Good one, Tyler. Uh, I like it. But before we dive into that question, uh, let me read a review. So this review has a lot in it, um, (laughs) but I love it. So it says, it's okay to be attracted to other people. Way to slap shame in the face. I really admire your courage in tackling a taboo fact of life head on. I so appreciate the personal examples as well. It makes it easy to apply to real life situations. I love how you called all of us out. Of course, there is more than one person we will be attracted to in this world, or we we wouldn't be human. People that are offended by this concept must also be offended by honesty and communication. (laughs) It's not the thought that is bad. We all have bad thoughts, words, actions come into our heads, and no one can control that. The judgment only comes when we use our agency to either give it the boot or to let it take up residence. Thanks, you guys, for all you're teaching us. You're helping us put to shame faulty cultural narratives. There's a lot in that.
0: That one obviously comes from that episode we did on whether or not it's okay to be attracted to people other than your spouse.
1: No, really? Yeah,
0: but (laughs) um, I'm, I'm glad we're getting some feedback on it. You know, And it sounds like just the feedback that I've gotten from other people is that it's caused a lot of discussion and a lot of people to think about things. So that's kind of what we want to do. Yeah, so...
1: Anyways, Tyler, we talk about a lot of serious topics. Before we get to the serious stuff, uh, we have a lot of childhood uh, memories and (laughs) a a lot of experiences we've had together. And maybe we just think they're interesting and funny, but um, we wanted to share one. What I, this I, I is so know. random. You woke up this in is, the morning. This is random. This is so random. About- it probably has nothing to do
0: with our episode, but but I woke up this morning. Uh, I can relate it to the episode. I promise. Okay, you. we have tried to figure out how to work this one in then. All right, because I don't know. I woke up and it's like this can't be this this can't be inspiration because there's no way to fit it in. But. Um, <laughs> but i woke up this morning and i was like kind of in that state of like wakefulness but still like asleep but you know you start yeah thinking... you're
1: you're in your theta mind when you're, yeah. you're having inspiration i'm having my...
0: <laughs> i'm having my inspiration and the inspiration was these memories from childhood probably because i knew i was gonna be filming with you today or um or recording with you today but um remember our neighbor adam bamford Oh, did I forget I love that guy. Yeah, we one love of my it. favorite guys. We love the Bamfords. Adam Adam Bamford and his little brother Brett, and Brett had Down syndrome, and he referred to himself as MacGyver. Who oh MacGyver? man, I love yeah. I love um, MacGyver. We love MacGyver. We'll have to tell some stories about MacGyver some other time. But I woke up with the, I woke up with the the memory of being out in the front yard, and in our front yard, we kind of had these streets with big trees growing yeah. in the in the very front parking strips there, <clears throat> and then cars would drive. By not very many. It was a pretty low-key street. I remember one day being out running the neighborhood like we used to do. And I walk, we walked by, and Adam Bamford was hiding behind a tree. There was a cop. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the cop showed up later. (laughs) So so Adam Adam Bamford was hiding behind a tree and a car drove by. And Adam Bamford had a package. The window was (laughs) he had a package of hot dogs and he threw a hot dog. It went right through the car window and like hit the person driving the car. <laughs> and so they, so the, that is good age. It's really good aim. Well,
1: <laughs> <laughs> While the car is driving down the street, he throws a hot dog. <laughs> he, hits the guy. In the face. <laughs> oh man so, oh. so yeah so so anyway then the cops show up and <laughs> oh because Adam Manford <laughs> threw a Could hot dog through the car you imagine the cop got, like hey some kid threw a hot <laughs> 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 oh man oh, oh. So yeah, so anyway,
0: I don't know how that relates to our episode today, but that's what was in my dream I told dream you, we'll work, don't worry okay? about it, Tyler. We will work it in. So right? think about how to use the metaphor of a hot dog in a car window.
1: <laughs> and um, bam, hide behind a tree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, so, good, good memories. That is um, a good memory, man. It's, yeah. good, it's good to have those memories. Yeah. Uh, um, and it's good, you know, we relate on so many things uh, <laughs> from our work um just what we do day in and day out. There's a real sense of empathy and a real bond um because we we feel each other's pain. But um the other thing that really bonds us together, Tyler, is just stories like that. (laughs) We we we, you know, we we were known in the in our neighborhood as the crazy family um that you know it was a little scary I think to go over to our house or whatever but also the family that people wanted to hang out with and, and connect to. So um, yeah, we knew a lot of people and Bamps was one of them. Yeah. He
0: he could come to our front neighborhood, our front yard and throw a hot dog through a window and
1: almost get away with it. (laughs) Okay. Okay. (laughs) Okay. On to the the serious question, which is actually a very good question, a very difficult um, question. So hopefully we can give, some insight to it. Yeah, this will be
0: an interesting discussion, Brandon. This is I'm going to read it to you, okay? So we get the full context. It says, is it okay to maintain a relationship with your ex-in-laws after your marriage ends even if it upsets your ex? My husband and I were recently married and are in the midst of working through the challenges that come from blending our families. On my husband's side, his ex-wife has completely severed all ties with her family and does not want the kids does not want the kids to see her family. Throughout the divorce, my husband maintained his relationships with his in-laws and does his best to make sure the kids can stay connected to their grandparents, aunts, uncles, and cousins by inviting them over on special occasions or allowing their grandparents to visit them on our time. Being widowed myself, I understand the importance of keeping a relationship with my late in-laws because I know my children will only be able to maintain those relationships through me. So both my husband and I value the importance of extended family and make the extra effort because we want our kids to know that they can count on their family to always be there for them. However, this has caused a lot of contention for his kids and their mom because she becomes upset with them for seeing her family and she hates that my husband still keeps contact with them. It's gotten to the point where her family has begun to question if they should let go of their relationships with the kids for fear that it's doing more harm than good. They hate that they're the reason for the kids' trouble. They also worry it's only driving her farther away from ever reconnecting with them. My husband and I are saddened by this and aren't sure how to move forward. Do we continue to maintain these relationships for the kids because they love and miss the in-laws? Or are we doing more harm than good by putting the kids in these contentious situations with their mom? Wow.
1: Yeah, excellent question. Yeah,
0: there's a lot to this question.
1: Yeah, And she actually... In, in some ways, answers the question in, in, in the de- description of what's happening, I, I think. Um, the very last statement there, um, what what did you say? The last sentence there.
0: It says, um, do we continue to maintain these relationships for the kids because they love and miss the in-laws, or are we doing more harm than good by putting the kids in these contentious situations
1: with their mom? Um, so I... One thing that I, I'd like to say is, who is putting the kids in the contentious situation? Right. Exactly. Um, that's a good question because, in some
0: ways, this is this is a really well thought out question, and you can tell behind the question that the intentions are actually really pure here. They, uh, absolutely. They want the kids to be able to have full access to as much of their family as possible, and right. and who's actually causing the contention?
1: Right. No, uh, I want to ask you, Tyler. Is that their right? Is that their right to to say, "Hey, kids, we want you to have relationships with your family. We we want to be able to connect with them." Or is it the right of the ex to say, "Boundary, don't do that. I don't want you guys around. Goodbye."
0: It's it's the right of each
1: individual person
0: to make the decision that feels right for them.
1: Yes, I right.
0: I agree. So so if I like like for instance i'm 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 going to use like an example maybe from my own life it's it's like kind of a running joke that if i ended up with a divorce that i'd probably get my wife's family in the divorce because they like love me you know they <laughs> her uncles her uncles like we're we're good friends and we want to hang out and we have a good time together and and i would you know i wouldn't see it as a problem if i wanted to maintain a relationship with her uncles even right. if we were divorced
1: well and and i think that's you know I think one of the problems is, is, is when you think of divorce, you think of winning, you think of losing, you think of, you know, who's going to get what and why. And the fact of the matter is that that's, that's not how it actually works. Um, When you divorce, um, if somebody has a relationship with somebody, that's their relationship with them. And you don't own that, you don't, you know, and so I just think, that you really got to ask yourself, why are you doing what you're doing? If you really are are trying to connect to those family members and you're doing it from a place of love, then let the ex try to sort out their stuff and deal with that. And you're not being a jerk by trying to help your kids have relationships with family.
0: Yeah. Well, and there's other people involved here too. It's not just the ex, but it sounds like the in-laws are also a tough position for they're, them. They're feeling a bit of a squeeze too, because they've got their child that they're almost sounds like they're just dis- disconnected from, them. they want to repair that relationship. At the same time, they also want a relationship with the grandkids and, and they're going to have to be the ones that make their own decision on how much they see the children, you know, how much they, how much they see the children or whether or not they set the boundaries to say, Hey, look, we're going to temper this for a while. We're going to pursue our relationship with our daughter that's on the in-laws to decide that as much as anybody else. You know, every, every person, what you're saying, Brandon is every person in the equation needs to take ownership for their own reasons and then act accordingly. Yes. Instead of trying to manage everybody else. Like what I hear in this is if they were to go and say, well, we're going to make sure we protect the X by not taking the kids to the grandparents. It's like what we've just done is we've enabled the X to continue
1: to throw a fit and not deal with her own issues and i think i think that word enabling actually is really important in this situation so um you know from from the you know the the ex so so if if you're the one with with the kids um don't enable your ex don't enable your ex by by just shying away and avoiding and not not bringing them over but also the the parents the in-laws don't enable your child um and and i know like that that can be brutal uh, because they'll do things like say, well you're choosing them over me um, you know and and really push away. but if if you're the if you're the in-laws and you feel like I, I we like that relationship that we have with the ex, um, you know it, it's a good healthy thing for the kids as well, then then continue the, the relationship. Now, I do think the problem is, if Tyler, if we look at this, integrity is really important. The problem is, is when manipulation and, um, you know, game playing and and trying to get back at each other, if those things start to come into play, Mm -hmm. then it becomes really problematic. Like, look, I want to bring the kids over to your parents' house because I know you hate it. And it's a way for me to dig in the knife to show you how horrible you were in our marriage. Um, you know, like stuff like that, that's gonna cause problems. Well,
0: and, and that that ultimately is going to be harmful to the children too, because no then the children are intentionally being put in the place of being this pawn. You know,
1: yeah. Of and, and, and that and that scenario actually happens in divorce all the time with different type of topics in divorce, and it's a horrible position for the kids to be in over and over and over again. And good parents who get divorced are ones that can say, look, I'm not going to use you child as a means to try to validate my pain and my frustration from the relationship and the marriage. I'm actually going to care about you and, and what, uh, what is best for you. Right.
0: Right. Yeah. You're making me think of a country song by Ray Lynn called the love triangle. Have you heard that song before? Uh, I think I have actually. It's, yeah, it's, it's actually a pretty, it'll, it'll kind of rip your heart out if you or connected to any type of a divorce situation because you really kind of get the sense through the music of what the kids often feel. And if parents are being so narcissistic in the sense that, and and I mean that I am hesitant to use the word narcissistic because that gets labeled too much and like thrown out of proportion, but if they're, if they're, if they're putting their needs ahead of their children by using their children, Mm -hmm. that is, that's really Mm -hmm. unhealthy. Right. But that's, but that's actually not what's happening in
1: this question, you know? Well, but, but you know what, Tyler, let's, let's go there. So like the the way she asked this question sounds like they're pretty healthy. Sounds like they're seeing it well, they're trying to navigate it. And so it's easy for us to side with her, right. The, you know, because she wrote the question that way, but let's just pretend for a minute. Okay. And let, let's say that, um, you know, I'm the, I'm the ex and, and so my ex keeps bringing our, our kids over to our parents' house and hanging out. And, and I know that, and I really feel like my ex is manipulative um, and unhealthy and unhealthy to be around our parents. And yeah. I can't control them, but should I just smile and be happy that, yeah, they're showing up all the time and hanging out with mom and dad? No, yeah, you're right. So let's, if we were to flip this on the flip flip it over.
0: So let's say, let's say we're in the position of the ex, like you just said. And, and it's actually true that I've been in a relationship with my parents long enough to know that I, it's really kind of unsafe for my kids to be there. Yeah. Like, but now my ex is taking him over to my parents' place. What do I do about it? Well, what, what can I do about it? I don't have any legal recourse. I can't really do anything legally. Well,
1: it depends on your divorce
0: decree, yeah. right? So you, you could have some, but probably not. Likely likely there's no legal recourse. So then what, what can I do? Can I control whether or not my ex is still going to do that?
1: Without legal recourse, not really. Well, I, I think I, I can look at it a couple of different ways. One, I could say, you know, what a jerk, like here they are doing their thing. They're manipulative, you know, acting like they're so wonderful to our parents and building rapport with them and blah, blah, blah. And I could be angry and my heart could be at war. And um, I, you know, it could lead to me being vengeful and all those things. Right. That's one option. That's an option. Yeah. I could fight fire with fire and. And that'll be really terrible on the children. Yeah. And on mom and dad, actually you know, all the people that are kind of caught in the crosshairs of it. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, the other thing I could, I could look at it this way, you know, I, it might be hard for me to have my kids over there at, you know, at the exes alone and she's bringing them to mom and dad's house. Like at least they're getting exposure to some really good people at mom and dad's house. And I'm grateful that they're there instead of somewhere else. And so Maybe she has motives that aren't the best. Maybe she's playing games or whatever, but I can find a way to try to accept that that's
0: what she's doing,
1: right? right.
0: Well, I mean, the only, the only reason for moving into acceptance is to realize that maybe you, you need to try to figure out how to feel better about the situation that you have no control over, yes. Um, if, if I had someone taking my kids to my parents and I was at odds with my own parents, and I had a problem with that. I could also voice that. It's okay to voice that. And say, but hey, if
1: you voice it and you're a divorced spouse, then what are you going to be made out to be? Yeah. I mean, there's a chance to be made out villain, but, but
0: what I'm getting at is, is that if I don't like it, I can still be honest about it. And I could still, I could still say to my ex, whatever, say, Hey, just so you know, these are the reasons why I don't like you going over to mom and dad's place. Um, I can't control that that's going to happen, but
1: it's okay for me to say that I don't like it. I think a good option is always communication. Yeah. Um, But I think with, with divorce and with exes, when you communicate, you better check your agendas and your expectations at the door, because it very well could get thrown back in your face. So voice it, speak it up and, and uh, it might be heard. It might, you know, or, or it may not be depending on where, what the state of that relationship is. Right. Right. So,
0: yeah. I, there's another, there's another part to this question that I'm I'm just kind of thinking about as well. Uh, if we go back to the original question, I think, I think we've established that every person should make the call that they feel is the right call when their heart's at peace in how they should handle each relationship. Okay.
1: Right? Okay. Interpret that. So basically
0: The people, the the woman asking the question, her and her new husband, if it feels right to them to want to pursue a relationship for their, with the ex-in-laws for the sake of their kids to have a relationship with their grandparent, they should do that because that's right for them. If you feel at peace with that. If you feel at peace with that, if the, if the ex who's not happy about it, doesn't like it, they can not like it. And they can manage their relationship with their ex and their own parents and let that be their work. And the grandparents should make the decisions that they need to make based off of the factors that are in play that feel right for them in the context of whether or not they should have a relationship with the grandkids. And everybody should allow the other party to make their own decisions. Well,
1: and, and even the grandparents, maybe grandpa's different than grandma, you know. So yep. so that that same thing applies, right? Yep. With with every individual. Um, and I think that's what one of the hard things is, is when you do divorce. Um, your relationship does not end in fact you 're very much in a relationship still with that person if you have kids um, and in a good healthy relationship whether you're married or whether you're in a divorced relationship has to do with interdependency where where you value the 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 person you value the individual and so you know when when there there's conflict and things collide can you still value that person empathize with them have compassion for why they feel the way they feel but still show up as an individual yourself and be honest and open about the ways that you feel and if you can do that then you can work through things if you can't do that then it just turns into coldness division and divisiveness and sometimes this is one of the hard things in life your heart can be at peace, you can do all the right things and you can still end up in that place because it only takes one person to, to, to take it there. Sure. Exactly. Um, And so, so there's only so much control that you do have. Right. But, But the, that, but that's the point is, is that I
0: have to do my work to keep my heart at peace as much as possible for the sake of the kids, as much as anything else. So that as much as possible, the kids are surrounded by hearts at peace, even if certain parties aren't there yet. Yes. And, um, and, and that leads me to this other point that, that says that I'm thinking that these person asking these questions, they do have to factor in a cost benefit analysis. Yeah. I mean, part of it is part of it is saying, OK, how much is it worth it to us to have a relationship with the grandkids, even if it costs us some of this tension? And is the tension too much that maybe it's wor- worth giving that up? And every, every person in that situation is going to probably weight those things differently. But so
1: talk about a rock and a hard place. That's a rock okay. and a hard spot
0: because you know, in a sense, you know that this, the ex has still got what sounds like a heart at war. We're going to be putting our kids in a situation where they'll go and they'll get the benefits. The, the cost benefit here is they get the benefit of knowing their grandparents. And and think about how mature this is actually. That the ex is still wanting their kids to have a relationship with the in-laws that aren't their
1: own parents. But but let's take right. it a step further. Not just the ex wants that, but the spouse of the ex. The spouse of the ex is, is good with is, that. It wants that for yeah. the children. That's that's why we we can feel and know that that this this question is coming from a real good place, where the the person has a good heart. Yeah. Right. Right. Well, and yeah, but the, in essence, what they're saying is,
0: we want to give our kids multiple sets of grandparents instead of just the two original ones let they the love had. flow let the kids have all the love in the world they can get and um, and so but now, now now that's the question is how much of that benefit is going to be worth it before the pain the kids are going to experience because we kind of know that the reactions of the X are going to be maybe coercive and mean and frustrated with the
1: kids. And but dr- but the then it, that, that sucks Tyler, because then, it, okay, if you do this, this cost benefit analysis and you say, okay, like we won't have that relationship and you don't do it because you're, you're backing down to the X, but you're doing it because you do believe it's best for the kids in some ways you are enabling the X now. That's possible. Right. Mm -hmm. Which sucks at that point. That's,
0: that's where you have to come to that conclusion on your own to say, it's in our best interest. It's in the kid's best interest to do this, even though we don't want to, instead of doing it because we're like, Oh, I'm just afraid of what's going to happen. Yeah. If I'm in their shoes, I'm probably just personality wise. I'm probably more inclined to say, I'm going to go pursue some relationships for my grand for my kids, and they're going to have some rocky situations with their mom or their dad or whoever this is, and uh, and we'll manage that, and we'll keep the conversations open with our kids, and we'll we'll kind of help teach
1: them as we go because it's worth it for us to have our kids know their grandparents. Linehan, this is a this is a complex interpersonal situation that we're talking about. It's about as complex as it gets, right, Tyler? Mm-hmm. Um, but Linahan talks about you know, the dilemma that we all have in our relationships between uh, preserving the relationship, preserving our self-respect and getting our objectives met. And when divorce happens, then there's a shift in priority. Um, The relationship isn't the most important thing anymore. Uh, The objective is more important than the relationship. So when when they look at this situation, they say, our objective of our kids having love and connection with their grandparents that's that's the most important thing here. So we're gonna fight for that. We want that. But when the relationship comes in and, and there's friction and, and they're kicking and screaming and saying, "Hey, I'm angry at you. I don't like you. Why are you doing this to me? How can you do this?" You got to ask yourself, um, how do, how do you navigate both when there's when there's a conflict between those things, and and there's there's some real skills that you can practice to to learn how to amp things up to get the objective met or amp things down to, to nurture that relationship. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and because this is a complex situation, um, the skills that you use will be different in, in probably any different scenario or situation with the ex. Yeah. Yeah. Could I outline a couple
0: of those skills that can kind of balance each other out? Yeah, sure. For our listeners here, this comes from the DBT that you're talking about from Marshall Lanahan and those objectives. So if my primary objective is my self-respect, which is often the case after a divorce, because there's been wounds and harm. Um, if, if I need, if we need to maintain self-respect and, and also try to meet our objective, then you're going to use the FAST skill And Both of these are acronyms and the FAST skill is about self-respect and objective. And it's to, number one, F is be fair to yourself and others. Meaning you need to ask yourself if you're being fair to yourself, to your children, to all parties. And if the answer is yes, then you follow through on those things. The A is to apologize less. And I know this sounds backwards because apologies are really good, powerful things. But this
1: is to preserve your self-respect. So if this is what you're working on.
0: Yeah, and apologizing less means taking accountability for what's yours, but not taking accountability for what's not yours. Um, Leaving leaving accountability in the court of every person who needs to own things. S is to stick to your values, meaning that you're going to not get sucked into drama and you're not going to do the Jerry Springer show all the time and you're you know, you're going to, you know, Jerry, it was Steve the bouncer and Jerry Springer? You know, I like, don't know. I never watched it. Oh, golf! But Brandon and I, you, <laughs> sidetrack real quick. Brandon and I used to own a lawn care business and we were so you don't lazy. You do to tell this story. <laughs> we, were, we were so lazy that we only wanted to work like three days a week. So we got all of our lawns done and every day we we'd do our lawns. We try to get done in time mm-hmm. to get home and watch Jerry Springer on daytime <laughs> television. So, okay, on, okay, on anyway. with it. anyway uh, so s is stick to your values the t of the fast skill is to be truthful don't don't make excuses don't pretend just be truthful about what your intentions are and and don't like sugarcoat things now it doesn't mean be a jerk but be honest about things right so that's the fast skill if i'm maintaining self-respect and trying to meet my objectives i'm doing the fast skill and i'm going to be balancing that with the give skill And the give skill is designed to maintain relationships and to foster connection and closeness in relationships. And the give skill, the G is to be gentle with your relationship, meaning you're not going to be in drama all the time. You're going to soften your startup when you talk to people. You're going to go into it with principles in mind instead of of personal uh, things. The I is to be interested in the other person's point of view and to sincerely try to listen, seek first to understand and then to be understood. And then the V is to validate those feelings. Even if you don't agree with everything, find the things that you can validate and validate that person's feelings. So your ex might have some valid points and you might be able to validate them even if you're choosing to take the kids anyway. Um, and then the E is to maintain an easy manner, meaning your body language stays calm, your face muscles stay calm, your are breathing, you keep a low tone of voice and you keep an open posture when you're talking to people. And, and I think the challenge is, is that when you're trying to balance both of those objectives, you kind of need a heavy dose of both skills and it's hard to balance those two things, but finding that middle ground is really, is really where you're going to find like the most effective response.
1: Yeah. And it, and it, and it depends on the situation, right? So depending on what's coming up with the X in those moments, you might lean toward give, or you might lean toward fast. And, and as you learn how to kind of navigate that, you'll be really effective in in dealing with this situation. This situation isn't going to go away, so you learn how to manage it through using those skills. And um but I I think uh, this question was great, Tyler, because it's flushing out those type of things. And, and, and the give skill, the fast skill, there's another skill called dear man. We won't get into mm, specifics. Do that of another that. day. <laughs> that's, when, that's when your objective is at the top. Yeah, when the objective is the main priority. But, but the, these skills, it's, it's helpful to learn them so that you can work with any situation. They apply to your marriage. They, they, they can apply at work. They can apply in a lot of situations. So, um, but, but I would say um, everything that we've talked about with this question, we don't have a definitive answer. There's no clear cut answer here. Um, but if, if I can give any feedback from, from the way you wrote the question, it sounds like your heart's in the right place. And because your heart is in the right place, then you'll do the right thing. And just stay in tune and in touch to that. Operate from a place of, of love, not fear. Um, try to try to love the ex and and understand where they're at, but also love yourself and be honest and and direct and, and open about about your truths as well. And if you do those things, then things will get better. Right.
0: Awesome, Brandon. I uh I think this is a good question. I, I think I figured out how to include Adam Bamford in this story. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Tie it all together with <laughs> yes, the hot dog okay. here. So, if we're talking give and fast, Adam Bamford was practicing a kind of a counterfeit version of the give skill and giving the hot dog. <laughs> and the driver was practicing the fast skill in calling the police. <laughs> he setting, ma- maintained his self-respect. Maintaining self-respect. I don't think I would the call police. the police
1: if I got hit in the, in the face with a hot dog. I don't know. If probably I probably would look, either. Yeah yeah so (laughs) that's a stretch that was a big that was a big stretch probably didn't work so all
0: right anyway a good question today hopefully there's some food for thought there Um, food for thought yeah (laughs) good one (laughs) all right you guys have a good day see you guys